You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. We are at the end of season three, Kate. This is episode 12, <gasps> season three. Oh, wow. I know. Three seasons, that's really exciting, isn't it? I know, it? we're like a Netflix special. <laughs> <laughs> People can't wait for season four. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we might have a little bit of a break because you are on holiday. Yeah. So we might have a couple of weeks off. Yeah. I'm going to miss it. I am too. Maybe I'll just talk to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. Cool. Gives us time to plan lots of It does because we've still got loads of people we want to interview that are lined up that we haven't managed to. Get, get in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, get in. So that's still happening. And of course, we've had a great session today. Lots to learn. So we're increasing the distance with with Rum, with his ridden work. We're going round a whole square, turning around and going round the whole other way, which to some people might sound really minute, but actually to us, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and he's really good. Yeah. And yeah, so that's all fab. But today, we're going to talk about something that comes up a lot... And you've done loads of um, prepping for this, and I haven't done any. I have. So I've done some, I've been reading some pretty interesting research mm. on this. So, what we're going to talk about today is uh, positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement when it's combined. Because we always talk about how we use a bit of both, don't we? Everybody does. So, you know, let's just go over, hang on a sec, let's go back into the science, the learning theory, and just define. Because I'd we like mean to think by... I don't. But, but you, you kind do. of do. You, yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and it's hard. very different. Yeah, because in certain situations, like just when you're like moving your horse, if your horse isn't moving, you know, sometimes there may be just a little bit of pressure on that lead rope. Mm. That's negative reinforcement. So let's define it just quickly again. So positive reinforcement is adding something that the horse values. So we're using a reward, which is food, a primary or scratches. scratches. So food is like a primary enforcer. We know it's something that the horse will work for. So we're using it to our advantage. In fact, we're using a lot of scratches with mounting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And especially this time of year, it's, you know, they're really itchy. It really is good. Flies and everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. So negative reinforcement is the removal of an aversive. So this is your pressure and release. So you're holding the lead rope and then when they move, that tension comes off. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So whether you put the tension on or whether the horse puts the tension on, So if you think when you're riding, you may hold your reins and then your horse goes into the contact, that's still negative reinforcement, yeah? Because then they remove it, they remove that pressure and then... Okay, Go yeah, on. I got okay, you. Okay, so it's, yeah. you know, negative reinforcement is kind of, it is kind of all around us. And I think, you know, it would be, if we sat here... And, you know, you had a normal day on the yard, I could probably go, yeah, that's negative reinforcement. That, And you'd be quite surprised... At how much at how is much negative reinforcement. we use. Now, <clears throat> I kind of wish I hadn't read this report, this study, because um, it opens up a lot of questions. But that's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it's a good thing because that we're we need all to learning. be open and we need to have it 
on our minds and also really understand where we're working from, you know, um, because working from the different quadrants has different outcomes. Now, we're not going to talk about punishment because there's four quadrants. There's also negative and positive punishment, but mm. we're not going to talk. Mm. And they're usually just talked about in punishment, but we're not going to talk about those today because we're just looking at negative and positive reinforcement. So <clears throat> I uh, found this really interesting. study. now this study is on dogs. Okay. But all of our clicker training stuff with the horses has come from the dog world. Mm, okay, mm. well, mammals, it's, it's the same theory as applied to horses as with dogs. So a mm. lot of the research you'll find for horses has actually, it's been done by the dog world. And old Karen Pryor is going to pop up in this as well. Oh, she's amazing, who isn't is, she? Yeah, and at, Susan Friedman. I love Susan Friedman. Yeah, they're fantastic. So I was looking at a study uh, that's called The Effects of Combining Positive and Negative Reinforcement During Training. And this is one of those studies. Do you remember a while back I was talking about, you know, Jesus, yeah. Dr. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Ramirez. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really big in applied animal behavior and behavior analysis and stuff like that. Um, so it's one of his students from the University of North Texas that has done this study. So he's approved this. It was her, her major thesis um, for her, um, her, not major of science. Why have I gone American? Masters of Science. Thank you. There we go. Um, so, yeah, so it's all been, uh, you know, like approved and everything by some pretty high up people yeah. so it's, it's some a really hot good scientists solid research chat. so she's called nicole a murray so let's and this was done in 2007 so let's give her dues let's credit where it's due nicole. okay so it's Very quite good. old really 2007 yeah. yeah yeah okay okay so she wanted to compare the effects of combining positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement versus just using positive reinforcement now she used her own dog Okay, so her dog, I think when she started, it was a six-year-old male male toy poodle that had lived with her since it was one years old. Okay. Yeah, and when they finished the study, the poodle was nine. Oh, my lordy. Yeah, so I don't actually know what the name of the poodle was. Could you imagine, just, just taking that aside, could you imagine being part of a study for three years but not knowing you were part of that study? Because that's what happened to that poodle. Well, yeah, but the, the study is actually... You're going to kind of not find the study too bad because it was done at home. Yeah, I still think it was, it's a bit weird. Yeah. I couldn't do a study on my own animals like that. I don't think I'd be... Personally, I don't think I would be able to take the emotion and my feelings out, outside. I think I'd have to be... Yeah, okay. But and it wasn't I'll work with you. Okay, and I there was it just that okay. I know. You're gonna have lots of points like that, I think, through okay. this. But you kind of all, always do when we have studies. I know no no. I have to detach myself because when I read about the studies they do on rats and pigeons and stuff, oh, it's so you know, difficult. <coughs> sorry, just to change the subject slightly. They did a study. Now, how lovely is this? But how awful that we have to study this. So they put this little mouse, I saw it the other day, this little mouse in this little tube that couldn't get out and it was it was a tube that was a bit small but it wasn't too small but it was cramped yeah the mouse was cramped the mouse was in distress and they wanted was to see if the other ma- mouse, if the other would mouse help would, it. yes I saw that. Yeah. and the other mouse did and they um recorded like stress signals that the mouse was um giving out and i thought oh well how that a that is wonderful that that mouse went to help that other mouse but b why do why do we do that that's just 
why are we still like picking the legs off Dan Daddy Long Legs? Do you know what I mean? It I feels know. like that sometimes. Yeah. Like, can we just leave them alone to be themselves in their own right without faffing and messing? I guess it's just it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because really, mice are the the easiest things to test on. Really, mice I know, and I just, rats and stuff. I just and that's think how we... it's like yeah, it was a wonderful outcome, but why do we need to know everything? humans yeah I'm not quite sure why I yeah I am someone who needs to know everything I don't know why what the importance was of that the studies that I read that are they're significantly important because we wouldn't be at the stage where we're considering positive reinforcement and stuff if those studies hadn't been done so it's part part of evolution yeah the greater good I guess but (sighs) it is difficult and hopefully you know in the future there'll be some fandangled way of doing this with robots but at the moment we yeah, can't. well, we, I don't suppose we would ever be able to do it properly with robots. I don't know. I you just never I, know. No, What's I know. Gonna happen, Becky? <laughs> I know. I just anyway, moving anyway, on. Moving on. Otherwise, we will be we here all day. We always have this little discussion. Yeah, like, get it out your system. I, um, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Okay, It'll come back. So okay, I'm gonna, just going to start off by saying two and a half hours it took me to read this study and I had to to really read through it because it was quite laborious and there were a lot of results and you know so was it a I bit of really, a mind fuck it was a bit of a mind fuck but a really interesting mind fuck because I love a study love a you study. do but I also because it was about dogs which isn't necessarily my area of expertise so I had to I found myself like having to google a few different things to do with dogs because I didn't know mm. whether it was a good behavior or a bad behavior mm. or what it meant um so I am really summarizing it. But basically this toy poodle um so it was in the house and so there was a room that these studies would carry out in and there'd be two sessions a day and usually between I think it was 3 and 6 p.m. there had to be at least 3 hours in between. Okay. And the sessions were like a couple of minutes long depending okay. on what they were doing. Um, and so they would pair those sessions. So what would happen is one session would be using positive reinforcement only. The other session would be using positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement together. Okay. Okay. So what does that look like? So the positive reinforcement, they were using lean hot dogs. Right. Like cut okay. up. Yeah. Whereas they also use that in the other sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would also use leash tugs. Okay, so they the pull whole, on the get, neck. To, yeah, to, instead of rewarding successive approximations to shape mm, the behaviour, mm. they would use, you know, guiding the dog. Mm, and mm. leash tugs, you know, it's not like pulling it. Yeah, it's yeah, just it was a gentle guide, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, was exactly. a, it was a negative. Can I just ask, and I don't know whether you're going to know the answer to this, was the sessions always in the same pattern? So, for example, was it positive first and then positive and negative or well, was it see, positive I, and no, negative so and then because that would, it didn't the, the say, dog would n- learn that pattern wouldn't yeah. it yeah so i believe it was mixed up but i don't know for sure because it didn't actually say yeah, well it study, should and say that was one of my studies. first things yeah and and because then i was like well if you're going to teach it the same thing then it would have learned it in the positive but it is uh, yeah but it, they asked for so there's a room set up basically yeah and there are squares on the floor there's a big grid and there's squares so what would happen and this is a very basic overview because there were four different experiments is that the handler would stand in a square Mm -hmm. and there would be like square a7 the dog had to walk to square a7 got a reward when it went in there okay click and reward with the um the positive and reinforcement sessions 
they would the just positive choose, and the negative and negative yeah. yeah they would choose a different square so it'd be the same behavior okay but to a different place. so the dog would realize that it's only positive now and now it's mixed well that was part Not of the learning that yeah exactly yeah. so also in the positive reinforcement sessions they use the cue then okay so when the dog um they would say then the dog would go to the to the um square mm. mm-hmm. yeah and in the positive and negative reinforcement sessions they'd use the cue punir i think we've talked means... about this you know or you've French told me about punishment it. does it punir yeah and then maybe is that, is it ven, it? like venir in french is come so i don't know maybe <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'm just thinking of venn diagrams but venn. that's got nothing to do with anything i've got a clue what they are you know, they're the diagrams where you are oh, not. We don't okay, need to discuss right. it. It's a math thing. So from now on, we're going to talk about those sessions. So either a then session, which is positive, positive. and punir, which punir. is the. Um, I, I'm sure it's like not. I don't know if it's pronounced like. I just know the French word for it, and which is the positive and negative reinforcement okay. mixed. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so they did about two, three times. Uh, per week as well so they did four experiments so the first experiment um was just about walking to the square um so what would happen is with the positive reinforcement one they would use successive approximations like i said and then reward click and reward click and reward whereas with the punir sessions they would you know have a little pull on the leash and noticeably that after a couple of sessions they changed to a harness because oh. they were worried about the, the, the effect on the throat. Um, and so if the dog gave no response to that, um, they would guide them with the leash and they would reward them when they were in the okay. correct space. Yeah. So they're mixing up the two things. So it's, it's, it's the same with the horses, you know. You walk them on a lead rope to their session and then when they're in, you click and reward. You're still using negative reinforcement and positive reinforcement together because you're putting pressure on that lead rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not solely using positive reinforcement. You're looking a little bit. No, I'm. D- I, I'm interested. Keep going. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> Karen Pryor had uh, this thing. So they went through lots of, you know, lots of tests they've done in the past with rats and stuff, and so they came up with this theory that basically you get a different outcome and a different kind of response when using positive and negative reinforcement together versus rather just using positive reinforcement by itself. Okay, so she said the use of aversive procedures, so aversive, that means the negative reinforcement, Mm -hmm. putting on the pressure, during training procedures um, produces behaviour that is significantly different than behaviour trained when only using positive reinforcement. So it's actually using, trying to prove this Mm. from what uh, Karen I was going to say, old oh, Karen said that's really rude of me, you know. It's because she's so, like so well known. And so, yeah, okay. Karen, your mate. Karen, my mate. Karen, good old Karen. Um, Kaza, <laughs> Kaza. I actually have one of my best friends called Kaza. I call her or Kazma Daz. Let's call her Kazma Daz. Is she Daz. called Karen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, and so they also, wanted to check. The, so basically, that from that statement, this study was like, well, let's see that. Let's see if that's is, true. Well, what they did is they wanted to see is it as effective? Yeah, training yeah. using, and Just also they wanted to see the emotional response 
attached to it so the way that they and this is when I had to start looking because I was like is that a good thing is that a bad thing so the emotional responses that they actually um looked at were high tail wagging okay and low tail wagging so high tail wagging is like yeah we're going excitement low tail wagging can be um sometimes it linked to nervousness Mm -hmm. um so they looked at that they also looked at something called the post reinforcement hang on got written here post reinforcement pause post reinforcement prp that's it so after whether there was a pause in the dog so like hesitation or like "Mm, i'm not quite sure what was going on so after you've given the treat yeah was there then a pause yeah so if you and also you know as if not sure what to do yeah because how can you how can you judge that pause could it not be a little bit of a consolidation could it not be a little bit of you know that learning that kind of process yeah and they don't could it be hesitation well they don't actually define it so they don't define any of the emotional behaviors as good or bad they just well maybe because yeah because it's but science but i am saying from this yeah we can kind of tell post-reinforcement pauses that are longer are not seen as something that is a good thing. Right, okay. We'll see that in the study. Um, Because I often, um, on a a bird level, let's just say, um, as in the birds, my parrots, there's a a training thing called the power pause where you actually just stop. Yeah. And that enables that bird a little bit of i don't know why they call it the power pause but they have a similar but, thing with horses as well yeah shauna talks about the but pause, it's yeah. kind of like just letting them consolidate it regroup rethink you know that's surely a good thing or is it not then yeah it depends whether it's something that you're using to your advantage i guess so you're actually creating that pause or whether it's something the animal is just doing because it's confused mm. or unsure but what's wrong if the animal creates it well should we go through Sorry, the study yeah. and then it might make a bit more sense <laughs> okay so they looked at that they also looked at the amount of time if they lay down or if they sat down during or, those sessions yeah during so those like- sessions because they would do they would ask for it and then they would ask for it again and ask for it again. So if they kind of laid down during that, that would show kind of hesitancy and stuff. But let me just go through the... Yeah, I'm sure, sure. And then it will make more sense to you. Um, and they also did whining and snorting. But snorting, I couldn't figure out whether that was good or bad. So um, I, I, I'm not going to include that one or the whining. I'm going with the tail wags, the post-reinforcement pause, because they're quite clear to me. Um as the emotional responses Mm. okay so so what happened with this first experiment was um the (laughs) result the results were i've got all these notes and i'm like oh what did i write um that (laughs) (laughs) overall the emotional responses during the um ven conditions were less variable so you've got more emotional responses using the punir cue mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then 
well, after two sessions in the Venn conditions, no errors occurred. Yet oh. after sessions in the ve- in the Punir uh, condition, errors persisted throughout okay. the trials. That's interesting. Isn't okay, it? now that's what we want to hear because that works in our favour. Yeah, exactly. So high and low tail wags occurred during both, but high tail wags occurred during most trials in the Venn condition, yeah. and were lower in the Punir okay. condition. Okay. So high tail wag is confident. Yes. You know. Yeah. Okay. So the results were that accuracy were compromised and more uh, emotional behaviour was produced with the punir conditions. Say that last bit again. So accuracy was compromised. Yes. Okay. And you have more emotional behaviour produced with the punir right. conditions. Yeah. Okay. The punishment mix, the mix, the yeah. mix, the positive so the, mix. Then they went on to experiment two, which involved um, shaping for backing up from yeah. the square. Um, so it's the same Venn and Punir conditions, same place, everything's in the same mm-hmm. space. Um, and what they found was with the Venn conditions, there were the responses were quick and energetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the treat was consumed, they went straight on to the next behaviour. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Punir conditions, there was slow and sluggish movement. They would wander around the grid, an increase in errors a longer than average post-reinforcement pauses, undesirable emotional behaviour was also present. So there was a freeze, Mm -hmm. which we know is is kind of a Mm fear-based reaction. Um, Also, they found, they realised when they were doing it, it, you cannot shape behaviour very easily in punir conditions when you're just using negative reinforcement it's much more difficult to shape a behavior when you're saying no i don't want that no i don't want that no i want that instead of going yeah i want that yeah i want that yeah i want that yeah yeah so the punir in experiment two was less effective than the venq in terms of speed and emotional behavior that was generated so then they went on to experiment three which was the same as before but they swapped the squares i'm being really like i'm not going too much into detail but basically they swapped so the square that was initially captured with the punir conditions now became the square for the ven messing with that dog and vice versa yeah exactly so with the ven when they were going to the square that was originally kind of conditioned under the Punir conditions, mm-hmm. um, the response rate was really quick mm-hmm. to that. So using positive reinforcement. <clears throat> um, there were high tail wags continuously throughout So it was almost like, I've sessions. got this in this square. Oh, I can do, do it, it in this, this square. Yeah. yeah, and the dog appeared enthusiastic and easy, um, eager to learn and the responses were accurate. Mm-hmm. When the Punir, so the Punir conditions, asking them to go to a square that was originally reinforced using positive reinforcement only, um, it, it was interesting. They said it appeared traumatic to yeah, the dog. Yeah. Okay, so the dog engaged in freezing for long periods or quit responding altogether. Sitting and lying down also occurred. Walking was slow and they kept wandering around and no learning seemed to occur. Oh, that's so sad. But interesting, right? But interesting. I think it's sad she's done this to her own dog. Sorry. No, I... <laughs> we just got to move past that. I know, okay, okay. Um, so Paneer was not as effective when capturing the behaviour, okay? And it was years. a lot more stressful. <laughs> yeah. And it was a lot more stressful. Yeah. Yeah? 
Okay, and then the final experiment, mm. where they were the same as in experiment two, so walking to a square, but now they did it in a different area. But also, they put in um, two objects to target. Okay? okay, so for the Venn conditions was a jewelry box to target. Mm -hmm. For the Puneer conditions, it was a upside down trash can. So what she did at first is had two both objects out. Mm -hmm. to teach which one they had to touch right, okay. for each session. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they could like discriminate between which one. And then they would take the other object away and just have the one object. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be in a, in a square. Um, so yeah, so... I would like to see, sorry, I would like to see when that poodle went into that room and saw the trash can, what its, what its calming signals were compared to when it went into the room and saw the jewellery box? Well, they, he saw them both first. Y yeah, but then she took one away to do... Uh, the pre after sessions. Oh, okay. So it, it almost would be desensitised to the trash oh, can. Oh, yeah, OK. You just want to find holes in I this, don't, don't well, you? I you don't like it. <laughs> I don't think it's fair. I'd like to see... Well, I suppose we do do it on humans, but I want to see some aliens come down and, <laughs> and, and put us in a little box and say, if I pull on your neck, will you... Oh, I just find that... Well, should we thing. get deep now and say, you know, maybe that is actually, you know... Okay. Happening. All right, okay. <laughs> no, oh, I just know, find... I just part of a big experiment. You never know, Becky. Well, hopefully we are. Maybe people are studying us and that's the big joke. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on, I think it's Bring funny. it on, yeah. Okay, okay carry on so, now. Now, I'm, now I'm what was interesting with, with this yeah. is that they they also wanted to see what the effect of was of the um, leash and... I can't find that word. Harness. Harness, thank you. <laughs> of the leash and harness to see what effect that had on it as well. What, the leash, the leash versus the harness? No, the leash and harness. Okay, okay. Because um, to see if there was a difference when they were wearing it to when they weren't yeah, wearing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's just go step back a bit. So in the Venn conditions in this experiment, the first session, only the jewellery box. Uh, oh, no, yeah, sorry, I got it the wrong way around. They only had one thing and then they had both and they had to discriminate between mm. the trash can or the jewellery box. That makes more sense, doesn't Even it? Meaner. Um, so in the Puneer, it was the same, but in a different scare and the trash can. Mm -hmm. um, so... They changed each time whether they had... Uh, they, so they either had a leash and harness or not a leash and harness, OK? So not a leash and harness for Venn and a leash and harness for Paneer. No, 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 for bo in both. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, so when the leash was added during the Venn conditions, mm -hmm. because they were doing it at Liberty, weren't they? Yeah. Um, which I'm sure you don't say for dogs, do you, at Liberty? No, I mean, you don't. But, but it's fine because it's okay, you wouldn't be at Liberty. Because we've got listeners. So they, yeah. they, they, they and you wouldn't be at Liberty because you're in a room. So when the leash was added during the Venn condition, <laughs> the correct responding decreased. And the incorrect responses to the paneer target were higher. Okay. So yeah. they relied on the leash in the punia yeah. more, th and they didn't rely. They but didn't when you like added it, it into the ven, they, one, didn't they like were it. like, "Whoa!" Yeah. That just, which, and that makes sense. I yeah. get that. And actually, that leads me on to once I finished talking about this, I just want to talk about today and, okay. and something that made me think about today. So basically, there was a worse performance with the leash, leash and harness. Yeah, on. which makes sense, doesn't it? So as soon as they removed the leash during the ven conditions there was a sharp increase in the correct responses. 
And when they <clears throat> leash was returned once again, the correct responses went down. And then when it was removed again, correct responses went up. In the punir conditions, when the leash was removed, um, the incorrect responses also increased sharply. Wow. Yeah. So in the vent conditions, um, you know, when the leash was added, responses decreased and high tail wags decreased as well. So you also have an emotional response yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as the um, leash was taken off, the high tail wags came back. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And also the post reinforcement pause was higher during the punir sessions. Mm. So I, I see the post reinforcement pause being not a good thing. A, no. a kind of I'm not in this situation. Actually, interestingly, because they go straight on to another trial, I'm now wondering whether in the positive reinforcement sessions they went happily straight on to do another trial. Whereas, whereas in the punir conditions, it was like I don't know if I want to do this yeah, next thing because I'm not sure whether it's right or whether it's wrong or yeah. you know. Um, so the presence of the leash and harness disrupted responding and emotional responding. Um, occurred occurred during the Venn conditions as well. Um, So the performance characteristics of the dog in the Venn conditions without the leash were quick, energetic, high response rates and low post-reinforcement pauses. When you added the leash, the post-reinforcement pauses went up, the response rates went down and low tail wags went up. When it removed, the accuracy improved, went up, increased, uh, post-report, post reinforcement pauses went down and the emotional behavior high tail wags went up so therefore they concluded that the leash and harness had acquired aversive properties so even by having it on Mm -hmm. it becomes negative reinforcement Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. once you take it off because they find it aversive Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be something that we think is you know um it's pressure it's not necessarily always that so you think about saddles and stuff like that if well, they are is, pressure. Yeah, that they are pressure. pressure. Yeah, that's true. But it's a different... Some people might not consider that as pressure, but it is. It's well, not even pressure having a, Even on. having a head collar on is pressure. Yeah. I suppose the thing is, as well, because they've learned to do the, um, the pinea with a harness and a leash on, it's going to add it. And I do think it also depends on the individual because you'll have some so dogs. They jet, but it, the behaviour, the emotional response to the leash and harness mm. didn't generalise. So when they went out walking, doing anything like that, they did not show the same emotional responses. Ah, yeah. So they made sure that, you know, because <clears throat> obviously also they knew the history of the dog she'd had it for a year Mm. didn't it hadn't particularly done much on the leash and harness and it hadn't done much clicker training so there wasn't it was Mm. a bit of a blank Mm. slate that's good because I was going to say you know as we know all our animals are individuals and you'll get some animals which will want to have their hand held so for example you know uh, maybe having a harness on and having you guide them through stressful situations with a lead is a good thing and then you'll get others that don't like it because they don't but i think that but i i guess that would be all to do with the history of Mm. how that has been introduced yes yes definitely yeah so it's it's worth thinking about it from the very beginning um so you know the overall results were the punir and ven cues both successfully acquired Mm. behavior 
But overall, accuracy was more consistent during then uh, conditions and the high tail wag occurred most during yeah. then conditions. So the learner learnt more yeah. during... During Punit, you had more then. errors. Um, emotional responding was highly variable. So you'd have low tail wags, some high tail wags, but lots yeah. of low tail wags. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so it's really interesting. And just kind of thinking along those lines um it, it it's kind of like right so say you have i have a friend like this i know and all my friends are gonna be like who's she talking about isn't me mm. so so i have a friend who um sometimes when she calls it's really good and it's really happy and it's really like we have a real laugh other times when she calls is a little bit more stressful and she can get a little bit shitty if i'm honest so What's happened now is that every time that person phones, I'm hesitant to pick up the phone because I don't know what you're going to what get. I'm going to get. So yeah. that is kind of what it's like if you think about the dog. Not quite sure. Not mm. sure what I'm going to get. So do you answer her when you're in a certain type of mood? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, or I, I call her. I wait and I call her back when I'm yeah. in the right mood. Yeah. When you can take the pain. When or, I can deal with it. Or, yeah. or when you're ready for a laugh yeah. yeah and they did an experiment of, on rats um they I'm pre, might have been skinner i'm not sure i can't remember who but um where they delivered food you're gonna hate this Ooh. um and then randomly uh, an electric shock yes when I've they heard. pressed the yeah. lever and then the rats just stopped doing mm. it because they weren't sure what it was gonna yeah. be so let's put that into the context of horses and what we do mm. and the positive reinforcement training but we do mix negative reinforcement and you know it it just goes to show that it creates more hesitant horses and conflicted horses and that may um you know that will all go towards getting them their threshold as well and they also don't seem to learn as fast so how do you completely rule <laughs> That's out the thing negative yeah because it's I it actually is really hard because in a training session i get that um you can shape it and you can use a lot of positives but in actual like for example with the dentist vet here yesterday to do teeth and um, we put them, all, so they were all in the yard and then we took one at a time into the stable. Of course, they're sedated, but we need to get one out to get one in. So once they've had their teeth done, they yeah. then go in the school, chill out there. So I know they're safe, they can't eat, so they can't get choke. Um, and then we bring the other one in. Well, Rum, bless him, didn't really want to leave the stable. He was quite happy just chilling in the stable, but I had to get him out to get the next one in. So I didn't pull on his lead rope because he just has teeth done. And also I don't tend to do that. But what I did is I pushed his bum. Yeah. <laughs> Gently, okay, but, but I pushed his bum. But that is... That is, yeah, exactly. And did you let go? Did you, when he started moving or did you keep the pressure on? No, did I you think keep I let go. Own? So I, when <clears throat> Biscuit... Which is negative reinforcement. Yeah. When Biscuit was... Uh, near the end and he was really unwell and we had to move him and he's a Clydesdale and I had to have my shoulder in his bum pushing him forward with another girl in his bum pushing him forward yeah and it was horrendous but we had to get him to a place to, to be with the vet yeah and there was no choice about yeah. it you know and 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 I guess you know 
this research just goes to solidify with me that, you know, positive reinforcement is, you know, a really, really good effective way of training and getting the least emotional responses. Um, but negative, negative, yeah, negative emotional responses. But we've also got to give ourselves a bit of slack. Yeah, we because have. Because we are trying to because do if the we, best we yeah, can. Yeah, if we try and do it all, it's, it is kind of almost virtually impossible to do it. I Get in the training sessions, you can. But in life, it is actually, in reality, it is actually quite tricky to do. But also, you know, in the world thinking about it, you know, there is negative reinforcement right so if you think about horses life is uh, no, horses in the world in feral populations yeah like, they move each other on yeah you can say that that, that is negative, negative reinforcement as well so you know i would i would suggest i don't know but you know that that they maybe have a tolerance for a certain amount of it you know and that if our yeah. intent <clears throat> i think what you're saying is that if if you're we can tra- have the scales, yeah. it can be mostly weighted. <laughs> and if you're in a training session, you are teaching a completely foreign language to that animal, aren't you? Yeah. Basically, they have no idea what your plan is, what your flexible plan is, what you've got, what you want to do. Um, and they're going in and you're teaching English to a Chinese person and I'm just using that because we can understand that and then they're going okay I'm here I'm kind of willing but I don't understand your English because I speak Chinese so I'm just going to give you some things and you're going to help me shape that and that's what happens so I suppose if we then go in the yes that's what I want that's the right English that's the right English no 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 that's not what that then becomes in that training situation, quite well. Whatever that whatever that cue is, you're teaching them becomes a poison cue. Yes. Yeah. As we're in a situation where I just need you to move out of the way, please, because I've got to get the other horse in. I need you out. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put you in a safe place. It's different because you're not training something that's going to be there for for life as yeah. such, and are in, you? And you're in positive not... reinforcement sessions, because you're just using positive reinforcement, then they're offering the behaviours because they've not got that worry of, oh, I'm not sure if this is yeah, going to be good or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we had a conversation about um, with Trudy Dempsey the other week when we had a session. So I just want to briefly talk about this because this was really interesting for our human heads when we mess this up for our animals, which we always do. And I, I, I know we shouldn't beat ourselves about it but we have to take responsibility of what we do as well and yeah, own take ownership. It. Yeah. yeah so so we were in the session it was hideous weather and um rum um i said rum doesn't want to do that he's opting out and his opt-out was to do backup and trudy rightly corrected me and said no Rum doesn't understand what you're asking him to do. So he's chosen to do a behaviour that he knows to show you, is this what you want? I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, but I'll offer you this. He's not opting out. He's offering something Mm. he knows. Mm -hmm. And when she put it like that, I was like, oh my God, I I felt awful. But I was really pleased that she pointed it out because... In the past, I've thought, he doesn't want to do this. He's opting out. He's mm. showing me. He's trying to control me. He's trying to show... And it was not the case at all. Yeah. And 
now I'm looking at that completely differently. Because he wants to please you. He wants to get it right. He does not want to cause conflict. He, d- you know, it's not in his yeah. survival script to no. cause conflict. I mean, does with he you. want to please me or does he want to ju- just play the game? No. I don't know whether it's a bit of that or not. But I just, I know not he's please, like, please, but he, uh, they, yeah, I know it's they the wrong want word, to isn't it? do. They want to work in partnership with yes, you. Yes, exactly. And 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 all, now I look at that as I haven't broken this down enough. I am not giving you clear enough English because yeah. you're Chinese. You don't get it. So you're going giving me a Chinese phrase and I don't I don't yeah. that I know. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Yeah. And and so I can say, "Oh, okay, or give me an English phrase that you know." And I'm going, "Okay, yeah. I don't want that." But that and com- that, it just is it, so and it completely changes the tone of the session. It does. Because then you don't get frustrated yes. and think, man, he's just fucking pissing me off right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it becomes like about him doing... And this and is like, why, no, you will do what and I this, you to Yeah, do. and this is why labelling horses is so dangerous. Because yes. this is when you, we say that he's lazy, he's stubborn, he's this, he's that. Then what happens he is we, atta- session, yeah, we yeah. attach this, these feelings, our emotional responses to it, which are usually like, well, I will control. No, I am the person that says what goes. You're not, yeah, you know? And then it yeah. just... Goes yeah, up spirals. and it's all three like misunderstandings. Yeah. It's all three misunderstandings. It is, it is so fascinating. Like so many people teach horses lessons, don't they? Which is the most uh, ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, it's just and they often do it like a day later. <laughs> like they go, he did this yesterday, so I'm going to teach him a lesson today. You know, it's like it's it's just a lack of understanding. But bloody I also, ignorance is what it is. Bloody it, yeah, ignorance. I know. But I also truly, truly believe, you know, in the work that I've been doing for the last 10 years with therapy horses is that I with wholeheartedly believe that horses know our intent because I've seen it happen so many times, proven mm. so many times with my own eyes. Well, that's a good thing because I hope my intent is I think most of they know when you're moving one out and moving one in, yeah. I think... That, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's I not think a training session, all the session, good stuff in your bank it's, as well that yeah. goes towards yeah. you. But I really do... I mean, you see in a lot of um, training sessions, you know, horses that will... You can go into a field and some people, they will walk away from them and some people, they will come towards them. And often, and this is done in the counselling, it's because they're carrying so much stuff or their mm. intent isn't mm. true, mm. you know? And really, when we're working with horses, everything we're doing, we should be present with them, mindful, and, you know, our intent is to do mm. the best for them. Yeah, definitely. You were going to link this into something today. Oh, yeah, happened. yeah, 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 I was. Just I was. to round um, up. Because it's very I've fascinating, noticed. although I don't like scientific studies. Sorry, scientists. <laughs> I have noticed just uh, a couple of times when the difference in rum when the saddle goes on, there is a change in him, a slight change. Uh, more what type of change? He heightens a little yes, bit. Yeah, Absolutely. I and I think that... Um, we need to do some work around that. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on that a little mm-hmm. bit more because mm-hmm. we just want to make sure that, you know, that saddle is being used in other positive contexts mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than just this is when I get on. Mm-hmm. And and I know we do a bit of that. We, we do. do. We, we do, do walkouts and, and we yeah. do some games, but maybe but, we need oh, to I increase that. that. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. Because without... Well, we know that is pressure, don't we? We know that the saddle going on is pressure. That is part of it. The riders sitting on. They're not made for sitting on, are they? So it's... um, Yeah, that's a good... That's good. Yeah. I want to end it on a a funny note. (laughs) Oh, no. Well...
Uh, <laughs> no, well, now I'm just. I'm all serious. You are all serious. I am all serious. I just, just I, I just have my head in a book. For... Secretly want the poodle to do a little experiment on. No, I no, but I actually think the owner guardian. was really conscious. Do you? Yeah, okay. I do. The way that she she they were very. I think that they were. Could you do it on Dotty? No, no. That's an, yeah, <laughs> you hesitated. That was. But a, I'm not a scientist. A pause. What, we, what did you call them? A, a post reinforcement pause. <laughs> that, um, that was a PRP. A PRP. We call that platement rich plasma in the in the. Oh yes. Yes, no. yes it's different. <laughs> it's a completely different in the in a physio world. Yeah. PRP is platement rich plasma. It's what you inject into tendons. Well, I think. Anyway. That, um, <clears throat> I think you know she's a scientist. Maybe we shouldn't. You know have a like judged <laughs> like this one thing Becky you've like this poor lady she'll oh, listen no. to this like... I know but I I mean I've got um a friend one of my best best buddies her brother is a doctor plumbing heck he's rubbish with people it's like if, if yeah, you if you've got a sore throat he's like he doesn't it's not like poor you he's just like right well what's your symptoms you know it's all very mechanical mm-hmm. and I wonder sometimes whether these scientists a little bit too more too mechanical and not enough emotions, and I know I so should. So I think that's really yeah. We're generalising. I know, a lot there. I know, I know. We're massively generalising. <laughs> but I, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I think find that... it in the physio world. I find it in the veterinary world. Absolutely. You get you get people that are so technical, and it's like this is all great. You know all your technical stuff, but you have no. But also, but not often saying that she didn't have any high achieving scientists usually do have certain traits and vets and doctors they have certain traits that make them particularly good at their job yes and then we'll we'll kind of leave it at that shall we (laughs) (laughs) and that's why everybody's different great (laughs) if you'd like to make contact with either kate or myself you can contact us via Facebook, we are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships, or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive, so if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message, either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye-bye.